Hi everyone, welcome to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, and we're doing Back to School. What I wanna talk about today is emotional separations, their emotions and your emotions. And I just want to mention an article that I saw online, and then I'm going to replay for you episode number 96, where we really talk about all these feelings of back to school and how you know when your child needs you and when you want to be brave and teach your child to be brave. Where you find that trust that we're asking you to give us when you leave your children in schools, in drop-off programs, and make those big independent changes. So we've been talking so much about trust, and I think the hardest thing about that is that we can't give you a guarantee. There is always going to be this uncertainty, um, the what-ifs in the decisions that you make when you leave your children, when you choose a school, when you aren't there to see, catch, and um, fix all those moments when your child might need you, want you, um, or you just want to be a part of their world. The second thing is the idea of bravery and courage, both ours and theirs. And so I thought I would make the whole podcast about that, um, but I found an article that I think says it all, and it's on Hey Sigmund, heysigmund.com. And if you just Google Building Courage in Kids, How to Teach Kids to Be Brave, it reminds you that courage doesn't always feel um, courageous. Courage feels like that gasp, that, that hold your breath. Can I really do it? Courage is facing down the doubts, the uncertainty, the confusion. Um, and as they say in their list of things you want to teach your children is you won't always feel ready. But that doesn't mean you don't problem solve your way through it take those steps one step after another and start moving forward. If we can teach our children to find that sense of bravery and courage from within, not being pushed off a cliff, not being pushed into the deep end of the swimming pool when they don't have skills, but that gentle guidance that walks them forward into situations that we know they are prepared for, they are developmentally ready for, and someone is on that other side ready to catch them, assist them, hug them, hold them, teach them, and love them. So I want to go back to episode 96, a back-to-school episode with Dustin Kebre, dad and therapist here in South Florida, and mom Gabby, who looks back over the transition that she went through the year earlier. So they are here to share with you a wealth of perspective because, um, you know, it's always easier looking back than um, looking at the uncertainty um, when you're not sure that you're ready to go forward. So we wish you a happy back to school year and um, enjoy the podcast. And we'll check in on you next week when we talk about strong-willed children. Today's podcast is Back to School Tears and Fears. Yes, back to school can feel overwhelming and confusing to young children. It can also feel very scary and unsettling to the parents who love them. The anguish of leaving a crying, confused, uncertain child in the hands of a stranger, 
even when that stranger is a loving teacher reassuring you that everything will be okay. It doesn't feel okay. Separation challenges can ruin a parent's day and raise heart-wrenching doubt for parents simply looking for a fun experience for their children. Is my child ready? Is it worth the struggle? Why am I doing this to my child? Welcome to the tough side of starting school and morning drop-off. We have two great guests at the square table today. We have Dustin Cabre, dad and therapist from the Boca Raton Counseling Center, and Gabriella Broder, whose daughter had a bumpy beginning when she started school for the first time last year, and now knows that the tears and fears were all worth it. Gabriella, I'm going to start with you. If you could share those first doubts and uncertainty to the mastery and excitement of this year. Well, the Welcome. first, oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, the first doubts happened right when we were walking into school, and I'm sure Miss Karen remembers this, but my daughter Charlotte would not even walk through the hallway to the classroom, and I was always coddling her, and I always carried her because I did not want her to cry, and I wanted her to feel safe, and she would just get so upset when I made her walk. And that probably happened, I would say, for the first month of school, um, or not even month, maybe the first couple of weeks. And when I would drop her off, she would be nervous. And of course, I would get upset because she would be upset and I would be worried and I would be sitting by my phone to see if the teachers texted me or called me because she was having an issue. But, you know, gradually everything kind of got better in terms of drop off. Um, the teachers always told me that she did fine once I was gone for a little bit and she really enjoyed being with other children who were her age. Um, which I'm sure is a lot more fun than hanging out with me all day. Um, but I would say after the first month, all of that anxiety that I had, and I think that she had kind of dissipated and she was fine coming into school and she would stay the whole time. And I actually gradually started leaving her later and later every single day because I was getting very, very pregnant and it was harder <laughs> for me to carry her around and entertain her. And, um, there was such a difference between when we started in January and when we finished in May. And it was just, it was really nice and it felt really, really great to be able to know that I could leave her in a place where she was happy and um, where she was gonna have a good time all day and come home tired and come home and have things to discuss with me about what she did that day. And that was just a real relief. And it was really a big change, I think, from when we started in January till when we ended in May, but it was all worth I it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And, and it's so true because, and this is what I wanna to capture today, is that parents whose children are temporarily unhappy or struggling or going through the emotional challenge, don't know the good stuff that comes from supporting them through the challenge. Um, and I'm so proud of you for doing it. Um, again, pregnancy made the necessity there. And the other thing I just wanna say to everybody is, you went through a separation with us. So she was prepared and she had mastered transition with us in the little blips. But then again, new classroom, new teachers, new stretching and, and find, supporting children as they find their edges and that that's, to me, the key to them finding their potential, but it's the hardest thing a parent has to do. So I want to come back to more. And Dustin, I'm going to have you put on your professional hat first okay, sure. and respond to Gabby's description of 
you know, the challenge and, and so how do you support a child, a, a, a young, not all that, I mean, they're verbal, but they're not articulate. They, they're not, you know, they don't have all that deep emotional literacy to be able to talk about it um, to then your own story with. Yeah, sh- sure, definitely. I mean, I, I'll try to have my professional hat on, but really this is a non-professional topic and it's more of a human yeah, yeah, topic, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say. A human emotion when you see your child crying and in desperation and you being this the parent, the protector, um, the one that is supposed to rescue her. And probably up into that point, you are that person. And, and you're, you're sort of handing that off at that point. And what it's really about, it's about protecting your own emotions and, and coping with that. Because, like Karen said, you know, the, the child is protected and, and is secure. It's just it's more of a, an emotional um, separation for the child just as much as it is for the parent. So just as the child is going to have to cope with that and learn how to be that way, the parent has to also. And I went through the same thing, but I think uh, it started when we would go out at night, you know, with, uh, I'll take my professional hat off, when I would go out for dinner with my wife, you know, we would get a babysitter that would come over, and as soon as the babysitter got there, my child would know we were leaving, and he would uh, immediately hysterics, right? But what would happen, we would leave, and we would text the babysitter, and and the child was, my child was fine. He, he stopped, he's playing, he's happy, and I think that those were the early uh, steps that we had to take before school actually started, where we started to feel more comfortable in leaving our child with anybody, our babysitter or anything Let else. Let me pause you there. Um, so, and so the question for both of you that I have is, how does a parent evaluate, um, does my child need me in this moment? Whether it's the going out, like how, I mean, I have my answer, but I want to hear from both of you. Like, mm-hmm. how do you decide, um, okay, he says he needs me. He says don't go. He's in huge meltdown. But but I have a different perspective as the grown-up. Sure. Um, I, have to, I have to remind myself that my feelings in that moment is about me, not necessarily about the child. You know, ch- children are very, um, almost, they're very complicated, but simple-minded at the same time. So, you know, when something leaves and there's another stimulus individual, a caring person right there, they, they completely switch very, very quickly. And, and I just have to remind myself, you know, when I, when I walk out that door, when I, when I leave, um, you know, it's kind of a, it's a trust. It's a, it's a leap it's into the fire. Trust is huge. You know? And it is a leap in the fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gabriella, how do you, how do you, because you, you actually had that moment walking out of the classroom this morning, and again, Charlotte knows us, knows the teachers, but we changed her routine, because she's, she's on vacation this week, but um, you felt really comfortable, she's fine, I know she's good with this, how do you, but you didn't know that maybe when you were carrying her down the hallway, what's the flip that happened inside you? that said, I, I do trust her and trust those teachers or the world. Well, I know that once I'm gone, she's fine. And sometimes I wonder, and actually I'm pretty sure that she manipulates me a little bit. Um, but again, I know the teachers, I know Miss Amy, I know Miss Bonnie, I know the other teachers here, and I know that she's always happy with them. So, and she's with me all the time, and I know that she's at an age where she can handle being away from me for a couple of hours or, you know, for even a day. So, But it took you just, at least a month, 
And, and it took you three months of practice with us in transition. It did. And, and, and again, I have that slow to warm up, watchful temperament that I like to practice things slowly. I like to move into transitions gradually. Um, I do believe temperament has everything to do with how children handle transition, separation, school drop off, new routines, all of that. So I'm a big supporter of doing it gradually. I'm here to tell everybody out there with the intense temperament children, Gradual doesn't work. You have to pull band-aids off fast and stay in black and white. Mm-hmm. So it is, and sometimes you're a combination of those, and that makes it even more complicated. But I think you have to kind of know within yourself, you know, how do I manage my own emotions in the sense of do I need to do it gradually? Do I need to build up my confidence and reassure myself with her mastery over time? Or do I just run, clench my fists and say, okay, now tell me she's okay so that I can make it through my day. You know, I have to tell you, the schools do a really good job of helping the parents. And it's almost like when you go and you're flying on an airplane. Yeah. You got to go yeah, through true. security. <laughs> and they're like, they're, they're go here, go there. You know, when they say, you don't have to walk in the classroom. So all I got to do is get my child to the door. That the the teacher opens the door, takes the child, takes my child, and and it's it. And I'm just following direction, and I'm I'm sort of separating from that anxiety. And you're walking away, and it it hurts. But you, you just have it to does get hurt. you have to get through security. And yeah. this is why I wanted you here as the as the therapist mm-hmm. to because you are so tuned in to the emotional side. And I just posted on Facebook today. I mean, emotional intelligence again, 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 again is so critical for our own parenting, for teaching, and for our children's emotional social growth. But it does hurt, and we live in a world where I think it's easy to be fooled that you can sidetrack, avoid, or numb that hurt, and I don't think you can. You have to go through the fire. Right. Um, so thank you for saying it loud and clear. Sure, and, and, the, and the teachers, they really help. You know, there's, there's text messages now, and there's yeah. pictures, and you see your child smiling, and, and it's also, it's a, it's a gender thing too. I, have to, I think we have to bring that to the, to the table, is that you know, a, a father versus a mother may handle it differently, a boy versus a girl, whether you feel that uh, a boy needs less protection than a girl or a girl needs more, more coddling or comfort um, and, and temperament of the parent, not just the child, it all plays a role. And then the social aspect, you know, how you are viewed. If your child is screaming and yelling in front of all these people and, and now, it's, now you're looking at yourself and you're saying, am I a bad parent? Like, I have to fix this. Like, what am I? I have to solve this problem right here. And you just the biggest thing about being a parent you see the commercials it's it's giving up yourself it's it's uh being silly it's it's being embarrassed it's 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 laying it all out there for everyone to every see. single day yeah. <laughs> every day i mean it's true i mean that's why i love this podcast because i want the reality of that to be shared i want to come back to gabriella and manipulation <laughs> yes. because um um I, I think you felt like uh, oh great! Now that I know that that she's doing some social maneuvering about getting what she wants, and 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 she's trying to control the situation, that gave you a freedom to stand back and make decisions. Yeah, I'm not sure. I love. I I, I you know I try to avoid the manipulation word, and, and except when it's powerful. If it's powerful and and and. 
and and helps you to accomplish moving forward, then I think by all means and use it, embrace it. But I, I don't, you know, I just think it's that experimental with I don't know what I'm feeling. Um, I'm this little person. Um, I'm caught in the moment in that simplicity, the simplicity of the complicated emotions. And it's like, I just want what I want. And I'm transparent in exposing it. So, but with that comes this play, which is I will now learn by how the world responds to me. And so if my parents crumble at my hurricane or my quicksand or my storm, then I don't have a safety way out of my own emotional storm. And so so then you teach, if, so if you go into the storm with them and go, you're right, you're right, you can't handle this, I'll rescue you, then what happens is that, that manipulation becomes, oh, the child feels I was right, I couldn't handle this, I did need them, and my parents are validating that I am, I am right to be hysterical. Versus the other response where the parent is calm and grounded, um, and, and Dustin, you said something before we had the mic on about mm-hmm. You know, when your child is losing it and you can't fix it and you can't give them what they want and you just are there to hold those feelings with them, you are still the rock of Gibraltar. I mean, you are you are just an anchor through this storm. So manipulation is a nice shorthand, but I would like to talk a little about that. So let me go to Gabriella. How did you feel about the, when that awareness that, oh, she's playing me or she's watching my response, and then to Dustin on how do you respond to, to, to what, how your response changes their future behavior? Um, well, I feel like when my daughter would get really, really upset and maybe try and manipulate me a little bit about not leaving her, that I would be really, really upset inside too. And even before school would start, I would feel like I was crumbling. And at night, I would have anxiety about leaving her the next day because she had always been with me. But um, I think it's really important, you know, that I was always, always very, very um, confident about leaving her and that I was always relaxed about it because I didn't want my nervousness to kind of rub off on her. So no matter what, no matter how nervous she got or upset, I would always try and be very, very calm, even though I was crumbling inside and even though I was sad and nervous inside, I would always try and be calm. And I felt that that was really important to her having a positive experience. And you saw it working. Yes, absolutely. That's something else I want to put out here today is we can't give you any clear answers or strategies. But as you experiment with how you respond, you will see, oh, look, it's kind of working. Oh, look, if I can give this some time, a few weeks, a month, or trust maybe the feedback from the teachers, from the other people that are in the village with us, then I can be reassured. And and again, I'm so happy that you're here to say, it's worth it. It's so worth it, which is contrary to how you're feeling in the moment. Yes. It's completely worth it. And now looking back on it, I feel a little bit silly for being so nervous um, because she's so happy now. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, and of course, I'm going to ask like how you now have new skills and strategies as a second time mom or now starting a second year where you where you come from a place of confidence of like, I, I know I now looking back know how to read this situation myself and my daughter. So, yes, absolutely. And you know, now it's it's very easy. I mean, my daughter's always excited to come to school, and it's um, 
it's one of those things that I don't have to battle with her because yeah. I feel like we battle about a lot of stuff now, especially she's in that terrible two stage. She's becoming very opinionated, but school is one thing we do not fight over and she's always excited to come so because the messiness with of life with kids is ongoing permanent and unavoidable Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean and we'll be happy to talk more about that and talk after because and she also has a new sibling so she's going to find new power and voice that she hasn't had so dustin to you about the manipulation yeah and i I wish i wish tara was here tara's my (laughs) wife um she would be laughing right now because i'm the one I'm very involved, uh, parents. So I, I put my child to bed. I, I do this whole routine. My mother-in-law, sorry, I mentioned mother-in-laws, but she said, that's some routine you have, you know. And um, even my wife will comment that, uh, you know, maybe you do too much. She's manipulating you. And he'll do all sorts of things like, Mom, can I get a glass of orange juice? Um, I need to go to the bathroom. I uh, Can I get another song? Can I get another book? No, four books, not one book. And, um, you know, and I, I, I want to give him everything. And I want to give, I want to, I want to make him happy. And and when you are an involved parent and you're so emotionally attached to him and you feel like you've given him everything, it it really hurts when you see them uh, unhappy. And I was telling Karen the other night, <clears throat> excuse me, we you know it was the night before school, and he's three years old now, and so he's a big boy, and we're tr- we're really we really try to prep him. We try to get him ready. We, we prepare him. We say. <clears throat> Tomorrow, tomorrow's your first day at school. Let's get excited about it, and and we want to we want to make him feel like it's an event that he's gonna have fun at, like almost like if he's going to Monkey Joe's, or going to Disney World, or something like that. And that day he didn't nap. He's a big nap person and didn't nap that day. And he got home and he was fine. We were trying to rush the process and get him to bed early, and he just had a complete meltdown before bed and he wanted more books he wanted to be picked up he wanted a drink he wanted orange juice and we were saying no we don't want to give you too much too many liquids before bed because he's been waking up in the middle of the night he's still in the crib and he's saying he's like uh what tell me what did you say My, tell me what's a, some orange juice and he he does he, he jokes he makes he's, he's he's a he's a master manipulator <laughs> and i fall victim to it and and we went through this when he was training for sleep and you know i i walked out and he was hysterically crying would not stop and and it reminded me of when we were sleep training him we had to leave him for up to an hour of crying and you would try to make yourself busy you try to take a shower you try to make yourself a sandwich you try to watch a tv you try to do something um and he would not start stop crying and I, i came back in there and i was just so defeated as a parent and i just hugged him in the crib and he's, I, you know, I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I, I want to help you. I, I can't give you what you want. And I just, I just hugged him and hugged him and hugged him. And I did go back in. And I ended up giving him a little sip of orange juice. <laughs> and I ended up reading him a book. And I ended up doing, I tried to, I gave him everything. I didn't give him full on what he wanted. And he eventually wanted me to lay next to him for 10 minutes and I held his hand he's like daddy hold my hand and it was a very emotional very upsetting time and 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 Tara my wife is downstairs and she's like and I and I'm I'm looking for her permission you know because she's the one because I'm the minute I get manipulated so I'm the easy one so I'll give him everything you want right off the bat but she's telling me no 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 so I don't want to cause conflict and back to the other podcast with my wife so I am managing that and I said is it okay if I go in is it okay if I you know do those things and she eventually uh 
gave in too, you know, to the crying and all that stuff. And then yesterday was the first day of school, and I'm I'm sorry I'm being long winded, but we've been working on this uh, one thing he does. Um, he doesn't cry anymore, but he he gets so embarrassed and he hides and he'll fall on the ground and he'll you know put his head into my in my neck and not want to, and everyone wants to say hi to him. Everyone loves him. Everyone knows him. Um, and. I, I use the from the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler the the glasses and nobody can see you when you have the glasses on and at first that worked and and we tell him every single day we're like coaching him almost we're saying um, keep your head high you know be proud you know don't don't be afraid and even the security guard at our at our school helped he said Nolan keep your head up and and yesterday even though he had that meltdown the night before he walked in and he had a smile on his face his head his head was held high and it was a wonderful day and uh, it those are the moments I think that when you're in this moment of despair when you're having this eternal internal anxiety that you mentioned and this emotional breakdown almost inside and you're trying to keep it together for your child and then you see this progression and then it's all it, it all comes full circle and it's worth it in the end and you have that enjoyment and I think that's what it's all about it's about the journey as being a parent it's a transition and you go through these bumps and these transitions throughout the process and so. I think, uh, thank you for the, yeah. I mean, because Sorry, I was long-winded, but it yeah. also shows how school drop-off and starting back to school is going to affect nighttime bedtime routines. It's going it's to, it's going to create power struggles all over the place. And so in this case, it's a different, it's, it's not anxiety, but it might be the sense of overwhelm. You know, it's like oh, it's it's anxiety. I and, mean, yeah. overwhelmed is anxiety. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that internal energy. You know, yeah. And we actually like anxiety. You know, we all people get confused about anxiety. Look at it such as a negative thing, but it's just energy and the excitement of going somewhere. That's thank anxiety you. Again, also. Thank you. And so, so when you imagine, I imagine him coming down the hallway, and it's like, I can't handle all these people looking at me saying hi. It's like. But all, but but that simple tool, keep your head up. It's not saying don't be anxious, don't, don't you know. It's it's not telling him what not to do. It's giving him a really clear thing. And again, the Adam Sandler stuff, I love it because it's speaking kid talk. It's yeah. using imagination. It's giving them a sense of appropriate power from within themselves. And, and, and thinking outside of the box and looking for solutions to a problem. And you know, I appreciate you explaining how you feel inside in those moments because when I get to school you know everybody has those feelings you know and everyone's trying to keep it together everyone's trying to put it put on a nice face yeah. and um make it all look like a pretty box with a bow on it and a present you know but in the reality we all have those things that we're going through to get us you know to the to the end point in the end to help our children be the best that we can be but we we all have those feelings and so it's good that you know that you can share that and i i'm more than happy to share that even though i'm a therapist i i am a human and uh, we all struggle and we, we need to be able to talk about that mm -hmm. i love it and i love it that that, that our children and the grown-ups who love them are not supposed to hold it all together i mean if you can't be vulnerable in your preschool environment in your community and be supported and nurtured both grown-ups and kids mm -hmm. then there's something that's missing from that but but i also want to say is i love the idea that it's, it's all an experiment it's all trial and error i mean you watch how your child responds to your different reactions and then what you saw from this experience just this la this last week was okay 
we gave in this much. We, we, we found a point where I could be there and give him that sip of OJ. But you know what I saw was that this was about back to school. This was about overwhelm. This was about him missing a nap. So he needed a little extra and it paid off just fine. I, when, I, when things don't work, you see yourself, you know from that feeling too, Oh, now he's playing me again tomorrow because he because I because he played me so well yesterday. And you know, you how do you know if your child is manipulating, exploiting, <laughs> working you over? You know, because you have that feeling that yeah. I'm powerless in this. And so I think the idea of once you can set, allow your children to have power, experiment with that, give them the boundaries that keep them safe. And, and hold the emotions for them, then you also get to hold your power. You do, I mean, I think the power struggles are when everybody feels powerless. But the ideal is, wow, I can like my response. I'm proud of myself, and I'm giving myself a chance to learn through it. And, I, and I, another important part is, is conflict. And, and people are afraid of conflict, and parents are afraid of conflict. But conflict doesn't have to be a negative you know, conflict is what spurs growth and and what and what makes people recognize and move forward in life. And we have to go through those conflicts with our children um, in order for them to grow as well. Um, and you know, I I, I haven't a ten week old, so um, my perspective I'm I'm remembering what it was like during those times now with with Nolan, my my three year old, and I have to tell you it's so different. And this anxiety about handing um, your child off it's so much easier now and i just think about i i worked or i used i work i'm in private practice but i used to work in a you know 40 plus hour a week job where i had to get there at 8 30 in the morning I had to be there and as a, a a new parent i felt really left out that i the only personal time i got to spend with my child was in the half an hour in the morning and on the weekends and so i remember this one story i don't want to mention people because i don't want to get in trouble but um i was holding my child and someone came and took him from my my hands and that was so devastating to me because in my mind i i felt that i was losing time and that my, somehow my child wasn't going to love me somehow my child wasn't going to remember me he wasn't going to know i'm his father and now with my three-year-old I, I, I want to hand them off. To, I want to give him to people because I know that when I hand them off to people, he's experiencing that growth with those people. And, it, and it's a it's a positive thing. It's not a negative thing. I know I know that he knows that I'm his dad and nothing's ever going to change that and how special that is. And, you know, I can imagine your daughter knows that she's your or you're her mother mm -hmm. and how special that is. So um, that's my transition to where I'm at now with, yeah, with kind it. of leaving children. And because... Trust brings more trust. Trust in your child, trust in yourselves, and trust yes. in, well, trust in, in the, the other parent, trust in the extended family, and then eventually trust in a school. Right. Um, right. So, and maybe, maybe we can all hope, trust in the world. Um, so, I mean, that's my ultimate goal is that we know that, that people are there to support and nurture families and the kids. But so let's talk, let me just ask one more a final question about trust okay. and and how your journey has been both in terms of trusting each of your children yourself and then dad and the people around you or mom and the people around you even so because it goes back to the other podcast on couples united and separate because it's how do you trust people that might be doing things a little differently how do you trust people even your child that's that's pushing you out of your comfort zone 
Uh, well, I think I had a similar experience to you my with my with Charlotte, my first daughter. I didn't really know that I wanted to trust anybody, and I always kept her by my side, and I always had her with me. Um, but now that she's two and a half, and I know that she's been fine with relatives, and I know that she's been fine at school, I feel like I am a lot easier going with my younger daughter. Yeah. And um, I leave her you know, with relatives almost every day. <laughs> Um, just because it's hard to take care of a two-year-old and a newborn. But I know that I can trust my relatives to love her. And it's mostly my mother-in-law. I know that I can trust her to love her. And nobody's going to take care of her the way that, you know, family does. And at the end of the day, and I also had this the same fear that you did, that um, if I left my older daughter, she wasn't going to remember me as being her mom. And um, I don't have that fear with my second one. I know that she knows I'm her mom. And... Um, you know, when she gets older, no matter who I leave her with, if, if I trust them, she'll be fine. Oh, and, I, and then all those relationships just give your children a sense of trust and comfort and security and safety in the world. And they end up knowing that they have the skills and the confidence to interact with all kinds of people. And I mean, I think it's it's the ultimate gift um, again, with with some sense of, you know, with also that sense within themselves, like if something doesn't feel right, you know, I respect that too, which is which is the most powerful combo I think we give our kids. And, you know, it's it's really, my, my process is so interesting and I'm not sure if I'm just off or different, but when I, when I, my child's at school and I'm at work or I'm doing something, I, you know, I'm often at work and and you know, I'll text. I'll text my. I'll text my wife, and I'll say, you know, how do you do today? Or um, did you get any word from the teacher? Did the you know? Because my I have a boy, and he's rambunctious, and he wants to jump and play, and so I'm worried about whether he hurt himself, whether he misbehaved, um, whether or not he's doing well at school, whether or not he had a fun time at school, and it's almost like out of sight, out of mind, and I'm trying not to think about it, but it, that really that's anxiety also, and then I send a text to uh, my wife how did he do today and if I hear that he did well he was great um, I'm happy and if I hear that he hit his head on something he fell or scraped his arm then I get and I, now I want to know I want to ask questions I want to find out and I want to comfort him and that's where I, I feel like I want to um, it's hard to like stay at work and not, and focus on work when you want to just go home and rescue your child and take care of them and comfort them and find out why and what and how and 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 those are that's anxiety as well and I have to just uh, trust in that process but you're you're always hoping for the good report when but you have the good is, report this is so calling. important this is so important for the teachers out there and for the schools because there's always this challenge of. If parents trusted us, they would let it all go and they wouldn't have, all, I mean, it's the same thing when you come home to your spouse and you say, so what happened and what did you do? And it's like, okay, just let me, let us just have our, our yeah. day. Don't interrogate me. Well, they don't, they don't know about this. And it's so funny. And I, and I, I'm really the, much more excited about school this class yeah. because I felt like the twos, and I don't know if you can relate, there was so much hyper focused on developmental stages. And so you're you're really hoping that your child is able to, you know, talk, um, spatial, uh, spatial uh, sense of space, and able to do all these different things. And you're so nervous of whether you're going to get the call or you're going to get the conversation, hey, your child is struggling with this. You know, our child went to speech and 
ended up being a great thing. It ended up being he um, uh, overperformed now and started speaking everything, and it turned out to be a great thing. But now I, we feel I feel like we've gone through that, and now it's about he's already got it, and it's all up to him now. And he's now able, he's an individual in a class. Yeah, he's a yeah. big boy now, and yeah. he's able to. Um, handle things himself i know i'm confident in that whereas before i was really nervous so let me so my, so one last question before we go to wrap up and that is so how do you manage the involvement the 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 not it's not even concern it's just i want to know everything about his day if i could and the letting go because you because there is this part where you know it is just letting go and letting him have his day and knowing sure. that in time, um, there's always this, he's going to communicate, you know, rather than having to get the reports, you're going, and but you're going to hear things that they're going to tell you that's like, really, that's what happened today? <laughs> you know, so, so there is this, there's this black hole of school. Um, so knowing and not knowing, how do you juggle that? You know, I and again, I'm glad Gabrielle is here because we need a gender difference because a, a male and a female are going to give a different perspective. I know my wife would say she's more in tune and, you know, she's checking up the Shutterfly pictures and she's, you know, on she top of... She gets the reports from the other mothers. Right, she's on, <laughs> she's on top of all that. And, I, and I'm interested too, and it's interesting about my personality, I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm hyper-focused and sometimes I'm just... Like, for example, last night I'm watching the Dodger game. It was a perfect game almost up into the ninth, ninth inning. And she says, did you check the pictures from school yet? And I said, I said no, I didn't check them yet. And I, I was going to check them, but I just didn't have that drive to do it now. And I and whereas, you know, my wife probably wanted to see that firsthand. And mm-hmm. I did see the pictures, and they were wonderful, and I felt good and happy. But I, I wasn't didn't have that nervousness this time. Okay. Gabriella. And being involved and letting go, how do you manage and negotiate that? Uh, well, it was hard at first to, to let go, but um, I feel fine now when I leave her. And I still do feel very involved because every day at the end of the day, I'm talking to the teacher to see how her day went. I'm checking the report, the little sheet that um, describes their day and their activities. And I'm talking to her to, her to ask her what she did that day. Um, and you know, at this point I, I really feel fine with that. Perfect. So, and I feel like it's okay to let go a little bit. <laughs> See, we all feel the big exhale. It's all really okay. So the wrap up is always the same. How have you got this? Uh, you're starting a new school year on Monday. You've already started the next new school year. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you got this in terms of tears, fears, transition back to school? What, even what you're looking forward to in the new year for these little people? Um, how have you got this for right here for right now? Uh, I'm looking to just try to support, you know, my my son Nolan and try to um, manage my fears and my tears. <laughs> um, and and I love having a dad say that. <laughs> and uh, and just let him be him, and and also focusing on my new child and and making sure that um, I can give him the same sort of support that I gave Nolan to see how well he's doing now and and uh, and rely on my wife to help me with my own fears and 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 that's it I think and just just live in life and doing the best we can because all we can do all we can control is ourselves and we all we can do is the best we can and it's and hopefully it's good enough it is absolutely I guarantee you it's good enough <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it um 
Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the school year started, and I'm actually I'm really excited. Whereas last year I had more anxiety. This year I'm excited. I'm excited for my daughter and the experiences that she's going to have and the activities that she's going to participate in. And um, I kind of feel like I get to be be a little bit of a kid again, you know, going through this with her. So um, I'm really excited, and I'm looking forward to the school year. And the freedom and joy of that is is priceless. Thank you all. We wish everyone a happy new school year, and thank you, thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next week. In the meantime, feel free to join us on Facebook, and that's under Karen Deerwester. Take care.